0: Welcome to the Best Boss Ever podcast. I'm your host, Christine Leperriere, president of Leader in Motion. On this show, we're gonna gossip about the best boss you ever had. We're gonna hear stories about things that they did that helped you feel valued, helped you feel engaged and really inspired you. We wanna hear about the bosses that changed the way you look at everything. If you wanna hear more, join me at christinelaperriere.com and sign up for our newsletter, The Whip. Now, this week, I have something kind of special. A man by the name of Atsushi Yasuda reached out to me on LinkedIn and was very inspired by what I'm doing with the Best Boss Ever podcast. Of course, I love getting notes like this, and I'm so thankful to say that I get them quite often, actually. So, as he reached out, he said, Hey, you know, my dad has really been an inspiration. Would you be interested in the story? And so, he sent me a letter this last weekend. Explaining, you know, kind of writing up a thought process to his dad. And I just thought it was so cool that I had to read it to you. So here it goes. He says, I would not call this your typical story about business. It's not about an IPO, a Gartner Magic Quadrant, or a product launch. It's about the grind and the sources of inspiration that create change that lasts a lifetime. Almost 40 years ago, when I was 17, my dad got me a summer job where he worked. I was so excited as the hourly wage far exceeded the three sixty-five dollars most of my friends were making at the time. My dad, Yoshitaka, an engineer by training, worked at a sawmill in a small town in British Columbia. He worked alongside the -the salt-of-the-earth men. I don't really recall any women out there in the lumberyard that operated the heavy machinery Debarkers, bandsaws, and planers that made the mill hum. He was responsible for designing and engineering the series of conveyors, hydraulics, and connected machines that took the felled trees and turned them into neat bundles of dimensional lumber. Think the lumber section at Home Depot times a thousand. (laughs) It's a good demonstration here. As the quintessential Asian man, my dad was a few words. His approach to work and life was that actions will always speak far more than words ever will. But when he did speak, you knew to listen. The 10-minute drive to work on our first day together was Mm -hmm. uneventful until my dad started talking. People are going to be watching you. Work hard. Don't be lazy. Don't sit when there is work that can be done. Geez, I thought. Quite the pep talk at 7 (laughs) a.m. When we got to work, We walked into his office where he handed me a hard hat and a pair of heavy duty gloves. He put his thermos away before we walked out and down the metal stairs to the yard. We ended up in front of the biggest, gnarliest pile of scrap metal I have ever seen. Your job is to clean up this pile of metal. It cannot be burned, so it has to be put into the dump truck to be taken away. For about 30 seconds, I got excited thinking that I would be driving one of those big loader trucks to get it into the truck. You are going to carry the scraps and toss it into the box. Whatever is too heavy, you can put into the bucket of the loader and I will get someone to lift it once you fill it. (laughs) W-T-F. That meant I had to heave heavy pieces of heavy gauge metal 15 feet into the air to clear the sides of the dump truck box. I guess that was what I needed the hard hat for. I spent the next month clearing up the pile. I stopped going to the gym, which was a daily ritual at the time, but I couldn't lift my arms over my head anyways. The progress, albeit glacial, was measured by the shrinking pile. I evaluated every single piece before I touched it. I had to figure out whether I could lift it. If I could carry it, I knew I could throw it. It soon turned into a personal challenge. I would target a portion of the pile and would go at it until it was clean. I remember sitting on the pile while I had my lunch. I remember my boots, new when I started, had the leather scraped off at the toes to the bare steel that was underneath within the first week. I worked my ass off and I got it done. But with a bit of help from the load operator, I cleared the area of the yard and I met my dad's four-week target. I can still carry the experience with me, but over the years, the lessons have evolved. It started off as just about the physical challenges, but as I got older and moved from steel toe boots to laptops, airport lounges, and PowerPoint slides, I realized far more impactful lessons my dad taught me. They aren't anything that I haven't read elsewhere, but I know it has stuck for me. Number one, nothing replaces hard work. It doesn't matter your profession, it takes reps. It is that simple. Whether you are a developer, a banker, or a plumber, or the CEO, it requires a focused investment of energy to hone your craft. And I call bullshit if anyone tells you it's easy. Number two, do not sit where there is work to be done. My dad taught me in his own way to constantly look for opportunity to bring value, to take initiative and not wait to be asked. It seems pretty basic now, but I don't think it's as obvious as it may sound. Number three, it will look like shit until it doesn't. (laughs) It's way too easy to get caught up in the work in progress, the pile of scrap metal that doesn't seem to be getting any smaller. But progress is progress regardless of pace, and most things will look like a hot mess until it's done. And number four, Be humble, proud. It felt good when the pile of metal was gone, but there was no parade, no party. I wasn't even sure if my dad said anything or noticed. Years later, I learned that he did notice. He didn't know the effort it took. His coworkers also took notice, which made him proud. If you are doing something for the accolades and the fanfare, the external recognition, it isn't the right reason. Be proud of your accomplishments and do it for the person in the mirror. In closing, my dad has been long time retired, but he remains the same. At 84, he focuses his energy on maintaining a pristine yard, paying close attention to all the small details, and is still a man of few words. I can only hope I can pass along a crumb or two of wisdom to my own kids the way my dad did for me. Thanks, dad. I hope you found that letter as inspiring as I did. And of course, I had no choice, but I had to reach out to Sushi and ask him if he could come talk to me a little bit on the show. So now that you've heard the letter that was sent, I have Atsushi Yasuda on the show just to talk for a minute about the impact of that letter and kind of the, the inspiration behind it. So thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: So, you know, what was the inspiration when you saw the Best Boss Ever podcast? Tell me a little bit about what what went through your head.
1: It, it was funny because my first reaction was really about, oh, somebody should be writing about me. I'm a good boss. <laughs> but then it was really more around reflecting. You know, I've been in the workforce thirty plus years now. Really trying to think about it. And I'm at a point in my career where I feel. A lot of what I get satisfaction from is mentorship and coaching. And so this is one of these takeaways was, so who made an impact on me from a boss and leadership standpoint? And tons of great folks, tons of great leadership, but really the one that really kind of stuck out for me was my dad. It feels a little bit different because it's not what I do, you know, as a livelihood. You know, when I really stopped to think about it, there was a lot of lessons that I picked up from him that really, that is still applying very relevant for me. Right. So so that was kind of the impetus.
0: And what kind of person is he today? You said he he still works on his garden. He still.
1: He's been long retired. I would say he's been retired. I I was trying to do the last count, I think 20 plus years now.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: He is his own man. He, I could tell you what reflects, what represents him is the way he retired. I would say is I was actually home visiting over Christmas time. And he kind of pulled me aside and says, you know, I could use your help with something, which is very rare for my dad. And I said, sure. What do you mean? He says, I need you to write my resignation letter. And I went, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, I'm going to retire after Christmas. I went, okay. But then he goes, don't tell your mother. (laughs) So this is one of these things. So so that, in a nutshell, uh, kind of reflects who he is as a person. He's still that. You know, he is a man of very few words. And that's kind of how... How I grew up with him, I would say both my mother and father, they have been nothing more than supportive wholeheartedly for for my brother and I. But it is really one of those, I would say, quintessential Asian households where academics was kind of the priority. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, everything was a focus around, you know, making sure you get good grades, making sure you get a good education. But that was kind of him. Like he just did his business, uh, obviously a very salt of the earth type of individual and didn't really kind of mince words. So, you know, when he spoke, you uh, listened.
0: I love that because, you know, some of us confuse leadership with talking.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say it's the, uh, the opposite. Because if you're talking, all you're doing is you're, you're just, you know, saying things that you already know by listening, I think it, it's more about the the, the opportunity and, and the ability to hear other people's perspective. So that, right. I think, is, is one of those things that I, I, I hold very true to myself.
0: Any other interesting things that he's taught you about leadership through the years? Uh,
1: I, I think it is one of those things about just, I think it is about being humble. I, and this is something that I take with me. Uh, I'm not one of those individuals that I like, I don't think I am in terms of that needs to be flashy. I don't I, I don't crave the spotlight. And he he was very much that way. like he he, you know your your actions and your efforts and, and the results should speak for themselves. And so it was really, you know, when you think about the politics that can typically come into play in a corporate environment, uh, that was really a disconnect for me, like growing up, because, you know, what I learned from from both my parents was really about, you know, do good work and it will kind of, you will be rewarded for that. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that's one of the things that I really, that I, th- I think I, I, I kind of wear as as kind of my, the way I conduct myself professionally.
0: Amazing. Amazing. that, And you just were, it sounds like really brought up with a true hard work ethic. It's kind of like get up and keep adding value, right? Oh, for sure. Don't just sit there and wait. I mean, I can think of so many times where it's like somebody sitting and waiting and I hear a lot about taking initiative in that story.
1: It, it's it's funny, one of my closest colleagues that I've known for 30 plus years, he continues to bring that up. He says, you, you remember when you and I talked and I said, you know, you kept saying that you don't want to be paid unless you bring value. And it's funny that it, it's something that was core to my beliefs very early on in my career and I still, and it persists today. And so when I work with clients. I'm constantly talking about bringing value. Otherwise, you know, I shouldn't be here if I'm not bringing value to you and your business, right? So, right. So that is that is core to who I am and and how I run my business.
0: Right. And obviously, has made you very successful.
1: Absolutely. I like to. Sure. Yes.
0: Yep. Yep. You can own it. See, that's the humble thing. You don't even <laughs> want to own it. that. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're still thinking. Well, I could I could always do better.
1: <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah. For yep. sure. It, it is. It's, it has to be intentional. And I think it is core. It is true to who I am at a very essential level is that I, I, I'm i surrounded by good people. I'm surrounded by a good team. They do the hard work, they do the heavy lifting. I'm just simply there to remove obstacles and impediments. And that's kind of my function to today. And I feel that's a big part of the function of leadership is to really kind of support the team. And I've heard people you know describe me as you're the type of leader that leads from behind. Right it's really, I, I had to think about it. But that is very true. Like I mm-hmm. don't, I really don't crave that limelight or or kind of that spotlight at all. Like, I don't shy away from it. but it certainly is not something that I need to feel satisfaction or to to kind of get really kind of get jazzed up over the course of the day,
0: right. Well, and leading from behind is another interesting one. It's like this this where did we get the assumption that the leaders should be in the limelight? But for some reason, We do. Now you can understand why a lot of teams probably feel a little disengaged when the leader is taking the spotlight, but leading from behind, you know, is easier said than done. Right. And so when you really do care more about the success of your team than your own ego.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I think that's the big one. The ego thing is, is not something that I grew up with. I I think again, that's core to who my dad is. He does not crave or look for, or has any level of ego. Within him, he is true to his word, and he kind of, you know, it's it, you know, say what you mean and mean what you say type of approach. And so, I value that. And, and you know what I took away from from him. So
0: amazing. Anything else you want to add as we're just wrapping up today?
1: I'll say that, like something about my dad. Very much a, a neophyte when it comes to technology, although you know, <laughs> I give him credit for doing online banking and things like that. He still watches the news coming from Japan online on, on, on his computer. I hope he appreciates and kind of will take a bit of a moment to give himself a pat on the back. I hope that's kind of what he, he will give himself the the, the opportunity to do.
0: So. Right. Well, it sounds like he was an incredible influence on you. And what's so neat is you're living a lot of his legacy. So you're leading the same way he taught you to lead. And so it's neat to see how that impacts so many people who get a chance to work with you and experience you, they're getting a chance to experience that same
1: natural extension, I suppose. (laughs) Exactly,
0: exactly. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. That's That's really cool. cool. Amazing. Well, thank you again.
1: Thanks, Christine. I appreciate the time.
0: If you want to hear more, join me at christinelaperriere.com and sign up for our newsletter, The Whip.